Welcome, everybody. Welcome back, I should say. We haven't talked for a while, and it is almost 100% my fault uh, because of just my situation, technical difficulties, uh, problems with the equipment and stuff like that, and also just being on the move. So uh, my apologies if you guys have missed the content, if you've gotten used to us uh, exploring or complaining about all the bad things happening in Russia uh, and around Russia and the Slavlands. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Well, you're going to get your, your dose of it today. I can feel some serious negative energy coming from the team uh, as we gather today for uh, to, to get this thing back up on its feet. Uh, so welcome back again to my co-host, to Marco from Anti-Empire and to Riley, a.k.a. Mr. Slav Squat from the Slav Squat uh, blog. So it's been how many weeks since we talked? Probably like two, three weeks at this point. Uh, and there hasn't really been a lot that's like cardinally changed in the situation on the war front. I know uh, Marco wrote an article about the fact that uh, Russian artillery has not lived up to its expectations, mostly because uh, they haven't really integrated drones into it. Uh, which is a shame because that's kind of what we were all hoping for. But this is a good segue into uh, my first question for the panel uh, today, which is what do you guys think about the recent statements by, uh, what was her name, Ursula something or other from the EU, where she came out recently and said that 100,000 Ukrainian military officers have died uh, in the conflict so far. Uh, I know that Marco's been keeping lists, uh, KIA lists, and uh, trying to do an analysis and comparing his results with Twitter personalities that he argues with. Uh, I think also uh, Mr. Riley has has kept a close eye on this as well. I will readily admit that I have absolutely no idea how many Ukrainians have died, but I'll just give you a ballpark of the number I was working with in my head. 20, 25,000 was the number I thought uh, we were at. Uh, where does this 100,000 number come from, do you think? Do you think it's real? Do you think it's true? Uh, do you think uh, it's, a, it's a tactical, political exaggeration? Uh, and uh, do you think it's... Uh, I mean, I, I can tell you how the Russians have been reacting to it. It's... it's uh, nobody in Russia... You know, I, mean, I, I think nobody in Russia really... The fact that it comes from not the Ministry of Defense of Russia and the fact that it was said by the enemy... Uh, let's create. Uh, it makes it seem more credible, I suppose. Makes it seem uh, like, oh, we, we could actually should probably consider this as a as a possibility. And it's kind of a morale booster, I guess. If you're if you're just you know simple minded about it, it's it is just like, oh wow, we've I, we've killed a hundred thousand of them. I guess our artillery really must be working really really well. Um, so anyway, that's what do you guys think? A hundred thousand too much? Is that realistic? What's going on with these numbers, guys? Uh, I I think uh, I think her speech said uh, casualties and he and she read it as killed because actually uh, the U.S. has recently said that uh, that Russia and Ukraine have both both suffered one hundred thousand uh, casualties each. So wait, I don't understand. So they're saying that. Both Ukraine and Russia have lost 100,000 soldiers. Yeah, yeah. First, the U.S. said that, and then uh, von der Leyen said, "One, you know, had, had her had her speech where she said it was 100,000 killed for uh, for Ukraine." I, I think she was just reading the script, and 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 you know where it said casualties, she read it as killed, and and that's it. You know, I, I mean, she, she she's not a very smart person. She, yeah. she's like she's like she, she was like a disaster already in germany there's like no way so my first instinct is correct there's no way that a hundred thousand ukrainian soldiers have been killed yeah yeah no because then you know how, how many are you know one hundred thousand killed how many on top of that ha have to be wounded and and, and so on it, 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 it just doesn't add up what you've already knocked out the the entire not just the starting Ukrainian army, but you know the, the entire size that they have built since then. Well, and then, but with the hundred thousand number for Russians, that that also doesn't really make sense. I mean, about a hundred and ninety thousand we're hearing now were sent in Ukraine to begin with. So, what? Uh, half of those guys are dead. That doesn't. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, von der Leyen, she didn't really talk about the Russians, but 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 uh, it, it is true. You know, when when Americans said, you know, this thing, you know, one hundred thousand uh, casualties each, that was actually way less, you know, th than than some of the other estimates that were coming from the West. You know, for the Russians that were coming from 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 the West, you know, beforehand, you know, because you, you know, in general, you had uh, West really. Uh, really you know releasing you know absolutely silly numbers you know for 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 the russians you know as their estimate you know and and this was uh the first one you know that was actually a reasonable you know a, a reasonable one when they said you know 100,000 casualties uh, each you think it's reasonable that there are 100,000 russian you know wounded and dead uh yeah yeah i do so how many would you put no, as no, killed I, what's your I, estimate I mean, now i mean yeah, yeah, a quarter of that. You, and, 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 and actually, uh, for, for some people, that, that's low. For some Russians, that's low. So you think that there's been 25,000 Russian deaths? Am I... uh, yeah, but, but I, I'm including the, the, the Donbass in this number, you know, they're annexed and, and all that, and the okay. benefits are going to be backdated, so... Okay, uh, but uh, what about a low ball estimate? Like, let's so that's we're saying twenty five thousand is middle of the pack, that, right? That, and, 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 and you know what? Uh, I, I, that's not like my estimate. You know, that that's really like the number I arrive at because I don't want to guess myself. You know, I'm just looking what what other estimates are there. You know, and 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 and, and then I'm picking the best one. And and look. Uh, Donetsk itself, you know, it, it has that uh, it, it has that tally that it updates every week, right? And now it's at four thousand, right? So you have to assume a similar number for Lugansk as well, you know, maybe a little bit less because you know they started with a small population, but you know, since they added Stravilsk and so on, they might actually be catching up by now. So, so you have to assume like you know, like let's say seven thousand for, for Donbass. And then uh, for for the Russians, I, I, I'm sorry, but the only the only like organization in the world that isn't just you know pulling pulling numbers you know uh, you know out of thin air is is, is uh, BBC Russian you know and and you know what this is actually one negative aspect of this war is that you know uh, this war and, and and the Russian government they have forced me you not know, to start reading Russian liberals from now on you know because. They just yeah. They just I've noticed that they just <laughs> they just won't release any information and and you know th there's a lot of lying so you actually do have to have to read the liberals as well and see you know like uh, you know like and you know a lot of times like yeah nah, I'm not really buying this you know but but uh, other things you know uh, may maybe you do and the thing is in this case it actually it's actually good that BBC Russian is is reviled in Russia and also you know reviled by me because. It, it forces them to be rigorous, you know, like if they're going to be taken at all, you know, even just a little bit seriously, they actually have to do a better job than everybody else, you know, and, and, and what, it, what they've been doing is, you know, they've been just, you know, like uh, building a, a, a database of all, of, all, of all these obituaries, you know, on like social media and stuff. And, you know, it, it's, it's a bit of a, you know, like like like. Cool that I think one of you guys you know, like necromantic a little bit, but yeah, counting dead souls. Uh, there was this article that one of you guys posted in the group, possibly Riley, and it. Uh, hey, you you're very quiet uh, suddenly, like like you're out. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, this is better. Sorry. Uh, there was an article one of you guys posted in the in our group, and in the article it was like some account of like the life of. A mobilized person in like that you know what what was happening and he was saying that some people were dropping dead of heart attacks during training is did, did i get that right i think maybe it was riley that posted that riley uh you know what i'm talking about uh, oh yeah i think i do recall something to that effect um where was it though that was a few days ago i think yeah you know the the accounts with the mobilized stuff and you know i say this Look, I get that if you're going to mobilize 300,000 people, 
that there are inevitably going to be fuck ups and there's going to be problems of all kinds, logistical, etc. But I am starting to wonder like how widespread the issues are. And maybe it's just, it's the same or just as, or maybe even worse on the Ukrainian side. Maybe Marco can talk more about this, but it just, I see so many like individual accounts that seem credible, at least just, you know, as far as I can gauge and judge it, but okay. 300,000 is still a lot of people, but man, like it, it sounds like there are entire training camps that are basically just non-functional where people are just sitting around where they're like hiring. I think there was one account where they, uh, maybe Marco posted this about, they like, uh, recruited what well, airsoft players to like train a group of of new newly mobilized people. I mean, just like really bizarro, terrifying accounts from all over Russia. I just wonder how widespread this is. Well, I thought you were honing in on the heart attack thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, you know, yeah, may maybe it's some sort of vax related thing or maybe they're pulling in people who are just not fit to serve, which you also see a lot of. Actually, you see I've seen many accounts of people who are, you know, probably not even fit to work a regular nine to five are being, you know, told that they have been mobilized. But I don't know. It's just a very. It's, I'm absolutely sort of astonished by by what is what is what now seems sort of normal, right? That's what scares me the most. Is that this all seems so routine now, spooky? Uh, well, uh, they really only had two hundred thousand, you know, spa spaces in in the military, you know, like, and, but they mobilized three hundred thousand and. The, the 200,000 that was supposed to be like uh, spread out over the entire military. But now, I, I, you know, we, we have to assume that the vast majority it, it was mobilized for the ground army, you know, so, so they actually mobilized more than, 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 than even their theoretical capacity. And, 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 you know, on top of that, you also have that, you know, mobilization, you know, has, hasn't been tested, you know, like for how long, when was the last time, maybe World War II or something. And, and also, uh and it's also the case uh you know no nobody assumed that this was ever going to happen again i mean the whole uh reform you know after 2008 was about uh let's get this rid of this mobilization capacity because wars are are, are that like that are a thing of the past you know we're never going to fight anyone you know at this scale ever again you know let's just get rid of it you know so so you know, it, it, it appears that you know they've kept very little of, of this. In, in, but then, and yeah, and, and but and then they didn't prepare for it for seven months. You know, like even though it was kind of like, uh, uh, you know, even though like Strelkov, everybody was screaming that you know it's necessary to do it right now. They, they were like, no, we're not even not just we're not gonna do it. We're not even gonna start preparing for it in case if we have to do it. You know, six months from now. Well, who's to blame for this, though? Because uh, you guys know I have a, a Russian language podcast uh, and a stream. Actually, it's the largest uh, sort of right-wing political podcast in Russia. Yeah, you're falling out of volume, uh, like, like 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 in and out. Uh, but you know. Oh no, the technical problems are back. My equipment is not holding up. Is it better now? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's better now. Uh, but you know, it's interesting because we thought it, it was your internet in, in uh, before, but now apparently we know that it's your microphone or something. That's strange but because uh, I was doing a stream uh, last night and it was okay. But uh, I think it's just the distance I, I keep from the microphone. I'm sorry, uh, not very professional, but hey, uh, you know, it's free, so <laughs> that's what you're gonna get. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> You know, you get what you pay for, which is exactly nothing. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I run this podcast, and it's the largest now in the Russian language of like, which which is incredible that like me, a half foreigner, pretty much with the uh, you know my Russian's kind of funny actually. I don't you know it, it's not up to date. Let's just put it that way, and it's still like. Yeah, anyway, I just a uh, little humble brag there. But uh, a lot of the people that I talk to and that we converse in, in our Russian chat, 
uh, we're pushing back against the idea that uh, what you're talking about, the, the gutting of the Russian army, because I was blaming uh, Serdyukov. Uh, for, you know, he was the guy who came. I mean, he was uh, notoriously corrupt. Uh, he was before Shaigu, uh, I believe. He was ex directly before Shaigu. And so he was the guy that uh, was tasked with uh, modernizing, um, doing air quotes right now, the army. So is it fair to say that a lot of the problems came around when he uh, was in charge of the defense ministry? Or did Shaigu just, you know, do much of the same? Like, who, who, whose head has to roll here? I, I, I mean, uh, the thing about Serduko is that, uh, yeah, yeah, he's very reviled and so on. But the thing is... Uh, uh, the army itself wanted reforms, you know, and, and you know, like the officers themselves, they were writing, you know, like, like, like we got to go, you know, together with the times and so on. And they wanted something like this, you know, but then Serduko got, uh, got very unpopular, you know, just because of, you know, of how he managed that reform. Like, you know, he maybe took it a, a bit too far and, you know, he was doing, and like he was doing moves, you know, like, like without explaining them really and, and like, and 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 so on and maybe so some nonsensical stuff but but you know like like in general in principle you know like direction that he was headed that was supported by but by the military that's what the military itself wanted yeah i mean there's there's sort of like a fine line between what they call modernization or professionalization and uh like looting or like you know gutting the military um he, I mean, Serdyukov was not a military man, and neither was Shoigu, and it's kind of they, they they were basically just administrators, technocrats, right? And it seems they were appointed to basically cut costs, and we're seeing the results of those cut costs now. But there's also yeah, but that, but but the military was also made more expensive, you know, because it you know it, it went into the direction of introducing these these contract soldiers, you know. Uh, so, so, you know, not entirely, you know, it's not like their, their whole philosophy is, is, was going to be, you know, we're going to be. Well, well, this is the point I wanted to, to bring up is that how, where is the line between, uh, just, this is sort of the direction that reforms were going because they didn't want to fight a large land war in Europe anymore. And how much of it is like straight up just stealing and graft and corruption because even if that were the case, why does Russia have such serious equipment? shortages that it can't provide for the newly mobilized soldiers i mean where did all these stockpiles go were they just sold yeah, off to... I, I, I don't know i'm not gonna answer this right now but i'm gonna say something else and that is that uh you know the reform what it also meant is like a lot you know the the that there existed was just thrown in the garbage bin you know like so there existed on paper you know the theoretical ability, ability you know to, to like call up like over 100 divisions you know like and i'm sure there would have been you know giant problems with that but but nonetheless you know like if on paper it was 100 you know like like i don't know it, it, it was you know it wasn't all fictitious you know like like and and that's like that's more than 2 million people like you know like so before 2008 you know that existed and you know th that was all just thrown in the garbage bin like you know like i mean it, this is with hindsight right but but nonetheless, uh, well, you know, okay, look, this is kind of ridiculous, you know, like it's, you know, in 2008, that you're going to have the ability to call up over 2 million people, you know, and, and equip them all, you know, and, and give them all officers and so on. Uh, but it's also kind of waste to throw it all in the garbage bin, right? Right? You know, to, to like be so radical, you know, like why not keep the ability, you know, to call up 30, you know, for example, you know, like, and... Uh, you know, then then this mobilization would look a lot differently. You know, if, if they had done that, you know, you know, they they, they would have they would have been able to do something twice as big uh, with, with with relative ease. Yeah, I, it's it, you know, you have to. I was trying to understand the outrage um, that a lot of Russians were expressing uh, about you know these these constant videos that come out showing um basically mobilized people complaining about the conditions and stuff and if we put aside the people who claim that it's all just british disinformation and uh we look at the people who are saying damn how is this allowed to happen 
I, I'm trying to sort of explain, figure out a way to explain to them why they're outraged. Like what happened? What was it the reforms? Was So was this like a, just a deliberate strategic, but you know, a deliberate, but a strategic mistake, you know, that Russia was preparing for a different kind of war, didn't pan out. Now we have to go back to the old model or uh, perhaps it, it was the result of graft, uh, of stealing, which you didn't want to answer. <laughs> You know, they, they were firing, you know, like, like officers, like lieutenants, you know, by the tens and thousands, you know. And, and, and now, you know, they call out people and, 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 and the mobilized personnel are, are complaining. Like, like we just spent, you know, two, two weeks, you know, si sitting somewhere, you know, like, like before they, they even, you know, got us some instructors. And, and, and you know, then, then yeah, even Putin said that, 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 that some went to the front after 10 days of training. <laughs> so... Uh, but 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 there's also one thing you know like uh there's also this political stuff because you know that putin said look we're going to mobilize 300,000 and you know and this is just a part of mo partial mobilization and when that's over it's over you know so uh maybe they actually believe that you know maybe that's actually their plan and in that case you know if they just if they just want to do it one time you know and, and just you know have it over with you know soon that they would reach for a number that they actually cannot handle because because they you know they take it as a, as a one-off, you know, whereas Ukraine, you know, like they never said, oh, we're just going to have one wave of mobilization, you know. So maybe they can, you know, maybe Ukraine was, you know, able to to keep its numbers more reasonable. But, uh, you know, the other explanation is, is the standard one is that, and that is that, you know, there's a lot more sort of informational security in Ukraine because, uh, it, uh, you know, it's like this sort of a, huge conspiracy in silence you know where even westerners who know and who have access you know w will not report on stuff just just out of solidarity well do you think that this uh 300,000 figure where they come up with that did they really sit down with the generals and can't imagine a general being being like yeah we only need 300,000 more i mean i i would imagine they'd ask for like 2 million if they could so Let's be honest, guys. I mean, I think it's highly likely. I think it's actually going to come after the um, winter holiday. I think like early January. That's my that's my call. I'm calling. What's going to yeah, come uh, next? Next round of mobilization. Yeah, well, I I think it it's inevitable. Uh, if because that's just not enough troops. It's just simple math, I would say. They're, they're, it's just these numbers bring them up to parity, almost with Ukraine. So you need more. A lot of people yeah, are saying that it's happening right now. That this three hundred thousand, that the that no, that's that's just sort of clever deception or whatever. That actually this this second mobilization is ongoing even as we speak. Yeah, well, yeah, there is something very greasy going on. Sorry, I'll just I'll just add this really quickly. I just I actually just posted this in our little chat in uh, in Chita. They had uh, some dude got a summons and ch and challenged it because like, hey, like on the news they said that mobilization is over. Like this doesn't apply anymore, you know. And it went to court, and the judge said there was no there was no order canceling mobilization. So you're getting mobilized, buddy. So it's. I really do. It does seem like they, it's still, I mean, it's still on the books and they're probably just sort of doing it quietly and maybe they'll ramp it up in, Why? The, next, in the coming months. Why? Let's at least draw some like conclusions about the Kremlin's mentality. Why do they, why, why do they, everything they do, why does it have to be like sneaky and backhanded? It's like going to your fridge, your own fridge in yeah. your own damn home yeah. and like, opening it up and like checking to make sure like stealing from your own cookie jar like what who what are you it's doing un, like, it's unpopular because it's unpopular rollo let's face it people yeah. i don't i think i don't i don't see mobilization as being something that overall russians are super excited about so they're so they're like trying to say it's not as going to be as big and that's why they they can't yeah, Come clean. sure. So it's it's the slow boil strategy that we saw with COVID, and and particularly, I'd have to say, I mean, Russia really did a very. I have to say, you have to give the Russian government credit for it's really a superb slow boil with the COVID stuff, because unlike other countries where they 
they really went hard. Russia really, they did, you know, they did that lockdown, but then they, they sort of eased people into this false sense of security, claiming, oh, no, the, it, it will always be, the vax will always be voluntary. I'm personally against vaccination. Meanwhile, the forced vaccine people, and, you know, everybody did it all around the world. So it's not, obviously, this is not unique to Russia, but yeah, it's the same thing. I just don't understand the mentality, though. This, it's just yeah, the everything. I mean, yeah, that that judge in Cheetah was right, you know, because because the 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 actual the actual decree doesn't say anything about it being about it being partial or three hundred thousand. You know, that was that you know that that was that was stuff that they told the the public, but they didn't put it there in in writing. <laughs> And 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 also, you know, the part of the decree is is uh, classified and and so on. And uh, about these numbers, you know, a group of, of you know one Russian liberal outlet, you know, back, way back at the time already calculated, you know, that their in their opinion it's actually a mobilization of five hundred thousand, you know, because and they calculated it from 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 the fact that like all of a sudden like like a, a bunch of people, you know, start started getting married, you know. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, in their opinion, you know, it, it it was people who were called up, and you know, they wanted the partner to get benefits if they were killed. And uh, yeah, yeah I was I, gonna um, say something else also, but I forgot now. So go ahead. Sorry, I'll, well, I'll go ahead. Maybe you can. Well, let me just throw. Let me throw this in about the the end, the alleged end of partial mobilization because i remember this very clearly maybe you guys as well when there was rumblings about you know mobilization ending there was this whole thing about how uh putin hadn't yet signed a decree ending it because he didn't he didn't know if it was necessary or not and allegedly he consulted with lawyers and they told him oh no it's not necessary you don't. There's no separate decree is necessary. All you have to do is just say it's over and it's over, and it's off. This come on. This is such. This is obvious gaslighting. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. So so whether Putin just doesn't know what he's talking. Like if Putin is literally just being manipulated, or he's in on it and he knows that the mobilization order still stands, and that this gives the Russian government the ability to keep calling people up, you know, even while claiming that the process is over. So it's, it's pretty, it's kind of scummy. I got to say, like, at least as I see it, maybe, maybe you guys have information to the contrary, but it, it feels like a pretty scummy move. Well, I just don't get the mentality. I just, every time it's like, they're trying to appear sleazy and scummy instead of just leveling with people and saying, hey, and yeah, here's the situation. Go ahead. In this case, and in and in a few other cases, it it actually might be you know that uh, it it's not about them being sleazy. It's not about them pre-planning. You know, for example, even if this you know second wave that that Riley predicted comes, I I I don't think that you know I don't think they're they're sitting around and saying yeah yeah we're gonna do a second wave you know in December and we're just preparing you know you know we're just paying the road to that. I I I think they're honestly hoping that that it won't be necessary, because. Uh, you know the way they work it seems to be that they're very optimistic you know in you know in terms of what can be achieved and that you know as long as somebody has you know just even a tiny chance of succeeding they're like publicly this is going to work 100% you know like 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 trust us believe in us you know like and then you know oops you know and because you know like like recently that's how it was in Kherson you know for certain, you know, when they went, you know, when they when they said, you know, let's have a referendum, including in Kherson, and then we're gonna say, you know, Kherson is not part of Russia. You know, I'm 100%. They were like, ha ha ha, you know, in a month in a month's time, we we're gonna screw them. You know, like I I think they were, you know, at the time they were like, you know, we're hoping we're gonna keep it. You know, so 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 so, so we're gonna say that, that that we are keeping it, and then you know, 40 days later, you know, they were out of there. I would agree with that too. I just don't understand it, it. Everything that they do in regards to the Russian public, it feels like they're afraid of the Russian people. They're like afraid of their own masses. They're afraid of leveling with the people of, of just talking to them plainly. 
they it's they're they're like half measures and their tricky approach to inf to providing information and all that like it, it, it's a stupid strategy you have to admit fundamentally because if you if people start doubting the validity of official sources of information they're just going to turn to telegram and live journal to read what the bloggers have to say and that's really really guys i mean that is that is there's a serious variety of quality on these channels available and you can if you start like if you get into following the narrative of one channel, one blogger, whatever, and his worldview becomes your worldview, uh, there's a very good chance that you're just you're wrong. You know, you've just swapped one wrong worldview for another uh, that somehow I don't know clicks with you emotionally or something. What I'm saying is that the government is sort of driving people to turn to these. You know, it'd be one thing if these guys were, were objectively telling the truth, doing like good work, analyzing stuff, and providing a coherent counter narrative and then it'd be like similar to the situation we have in the US where a lot of these alternative accounts and alternative bloggers are the ones actually telling the truth and in Russia I'm sure there is some of that there are a few good ones but for the most part a lot of it is of, of poor quality so it's it's overall just a bad thing that Russia cannot uh, that, the, that the government cannot provide official you know just information official explanations of what they're doing the content Uh, yeah, we, we can we cannot hear it anymore. Uh, how about now? Good. You no, know, just only barely. Jesus, man, what is what is going and, on and, here? And now and now and now you're back. So it's uh, yeah, it, it sounds like it's the it's the equipment. Shit. Uh, I, I I I think we we already talked about this stuff one one time, and yeah, and your yeah, conclusion just, was yeah, that that. They think that, that the people, the Russian people, you know, at large is, is like them, like they themselves, the, the government, the elites. And uh, it, it, it's just not true, you know, like, like it, on something like this, uh, the Russian people would be to their right, you know, especially, you know, if, if they started early on, you know, like, I mean, Riley is also kind of right, you know, nobody's stupid, you know, n right now. There isn't anybody who believes, you know, they're being, you know, mobilized into this, you know, like like super victorious war or something, you know. Yeah, uh, let's let's change tax then. Uh, in general, do you think that there? I'm I'm again. I've I've always try and come back to this topic about changes happening within Russian society. Uh, and I, you know, I back when people were happy to repost me and uh, put my stuff up on. Places like UNS and stuff. The 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 well, the narrative I was saying was that well, man, look at all the changes that are happening here. Look at all this stuff. All these liberals being asked to leaving the country voluntarily or uh, fleeing in panic. Uh, there's like a lot of stuff going on here. This uh, the Orthodox Church. Some changes going on there. Do you guys detect any changes or because I mean I, I'm like kind of appalled by the fact that the changes have stopped. Uh, there there aren't really like headlines constantly coming out about how there's been a reshuffle or someone's lost their job or they're going to restructure some key industry or they're going to change some their approach to, to something and, and make it more you know nationalistic or something or more geared towards winning the war or more populist or something that that's sort of petered out hasn't it i haven't ha heard any really good news like i was going to write an article uh because i was so sick of, of writing like doomer type stuff And uh, the, the, the one article I had was about crabs, uh, the, the Kamchatkian crabs, and how for the first time Russians are going to get access to, uh, to this uh, crabs because usually it's, it's just uh, bundled off and, and uh, exported because they can earn more money selling it on the global market than they can uh, selling it in Russia. And because of sanctions or whatever, uh, now they're actually forced to sell these crabs to the Russians. And I was like, this is a win. This says something about economics it says something about why i think that global market is stupid and, and, and blah 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 that was going to be like the best i could do Roll, you're you're really fading out here buddy are you are you just moving away from your microphone no i'm holding it steady oh yeah here we go here we go you better much better all right the point is that is there any good news can you guys like for once give me something good i brought the crabs today the russians are eating the crabs and that's good. The crabs are good, man. They need more crabs. Yes. Are, crab, are crabs high in vitamins? 
Well, I don't know. They're expensive, so they must be. They they're <laughs> eating the bugs, but you know it's the good bugs. They're eating the the sea bugs. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm holding you to this. I want this. This should be an right, intellectual. Okay. I've got I've got a good one for you. I've got a good. Yeah, one for give you me some good twist. news. So our friend Alexei Kudrin, uh, one of the famous libs who has been in the Russian government forever, has resigned from the accounts chamber, which is sort of the um, like the sort of financial auditing uh, department of the Russian government. And he's moving to Yandex. <laughs> Yandex. <laughs> so now you've got like... You've got like this super boomer lib who's going to head the, you know, the so-called Russian tech, like Google equivalent. So Riley, can you remind just, the listeners where 50%, the HQ? 50% good. Oh, it, well, so it's registered in the Netherlands. But you know what happened is right after the special military operation, they like relocated something like 20,000. Nah, I forget the exact number, but a large Many thousands of Russian-based employees fled to an office in Tel Aviv right after the start of of the war. And there and, you have um, it, folks. And there you yeah. have it. Need I say, need I add anything? Or perhaps I should uh, invite Kanye West onto the show to give us the details. Rollo, of, uh, rollo. Spicy. That's a very spicy thing to say. <laughs> oh, well, of the move to Tel Aviv. So, yeah, okay. That looks, but wait, hold on a sec. You, t- you mean to tell me that Kudrin, who literally fled the country and was seen at an ATM in Istanbul, uh, like, days after the start of the operation, he was still on some financial oversight committee, like, months into this thing, and only recently he... You're, you're, uh, you're confusing our friend uh, Chubias. Oh, you're right. I am. I am. But, no, but but Rolo. So this is the thing. There were rumors that that Kudrin had fled to Israel, but it turns out he was like on some. We don't know exactly what he was doing there, but undoubtedly some sort of chore for some sort of Kremlin-linked oligarch. Who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, it's so that's like I don't know. I don't know how to interpret this. I mean, I personally, I think it's probably it's probably not good but maybe maybe you break even here i don't know i don't know uh, and, uh, you know uh, kudrin he he's from uh, petersburg right right and he's part of the part I met of him. whole liberal gang did you really I met, yeah i met him and chubias no way yeah at univers- at, in my university day and and like uh kudrin is apparently the guy who's like uh uh, hey Vladimir, why don't you come to Moscow? You know, no, 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 it wasn't like that. Uh, Putin relocated to Moscow, and, and then you know uh, he reconnect he reconnected with him. Yeah, you're talking yes, about like the, co- the good old days, right? In the '90s, you've gone way back yeah, right now. Y- 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but, 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 but what I'm saying is that Putin and Kudrin go, you know, like w- 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 way back, you know, and Kudrin, Kudrin used to be higher up than Putin, you know, and he was kind of like, I don't know, like watching out for him or something like that. Yep. Yep. But you're saying they're, they're part of like two different St. Petersburg gangs? No, 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 no. They were all uh, behind the mayor, right? Uh, Sobchak. What, Sobchak. He, yeah. Sobchak. Uh, His yeah, daughter. Ksenia is still reporting in Russia. I just saw one of her like recent interviews where she was trying to uh, accuse this uh, singer guy uh, who who like reposted a me uh, a post from like a pro war channel, and she was like saying, "You see, we still have a lot of fascism to deal with here in Russia." Uh, that's a good segue. Like the liberals, what's left of them, anyways? Uh, what their their narrative now is that. Russia shouldn't be fighting fascism in Ukraine when Russia is a more fascist society. Uh, and as proof of that, they point to like pro-war sentiments and stuff like that. And they're saying, who is really the fascist? Is it Russia or is it Ukraine? So that's their narrative. Uh, have you guys picked up on that? Do you, do you like follow? I mean, that is the liberal talking point, which is incredibly, you know, there's a lot to say about this. First of all, you know, Let's just divide things into three factions right now so that we can sort of 
explain a couple things about internal Russian politics. First of all, politics doesn't really exist. Russia's run by like a murky group of people in and around the Kremlin, and it's really hard to figure out who actually is running what and doing what uh, and, and who's friends with who and, and all this stuff. Like the people who will declare that there are these factions like the Anglo-Zionists faction and the Eurasianist faction, uh, partially they're correct. I'm sure there are factions, but they, they sure as hell don't see themselves that way as like the, the Euro-Atlanticists and, you know, to call them the Eurasianists, that's like a, as like a Dugan term. That it, it's a, it's a, it's a bizarre way to like name them that, I mean, these terms are, are very <laughs> strange and I don't think they really reflect reality. Uh, but the reality is that it, no one really understands. And the only insights that we really have into it are from liberals who have like liberal leakers, who have somebody somewhere in the Kremlin who apparently gives them information or not, or they just fake it. And we don't really have any other sources of information, which is why sometimes you're kind of forced to deal with what they're saying and the bias that comes inherently with it. So it's very opaque. Uh, and that's really, and then, you know, you obviously have the various agencies like the FSB. These are the people that actually run Russia and the oligarchs, right? Oligarchs, FSB, Kremlin. There you go. But uh, in terms of like political positions in the country, you have the liberal opposition, you have the sort of, you know, the the the, the United Russia kind of center Kremlinite thing. And then you have the, the Patriot bloc, just to roughly divide it. Now, the Patriot bloc has pretty much nothing, no power in the country. Uh, they have probably a lot of sympathizers in the military they have just a, a large swath of the population supports their you know populistic positions populistic patriotic positions and uh but they basically have no media apart from a few uh sources that you know we like to quote a lot uh on the show and in our articles and then you have the liberals who are kind of the opposite they have almost no support outside of the center of saint petersburg Ekaterinburg, and uh moscow but they have a lot of outlets, a lot of money, a lot of uh, publications and radio shows and everything like that. They really dominate the media, which, again, uh, for Westerners, this should be a very familiar paradigm. And uh, and so, you know, the, the, the different information that we add, and so, uh, basically what I'm saying is that a lot of the stuff that we talk about, it comes from the patriotic bloc. It, it's kind of a marginalized and maligned community within Russia, whereas what the other like 5D uh, dunce bloggers will do, they'll pr just quote the like Kremlinite sources, like the sort of, you know, the people in power who are just sort of making shit up as they go along and they don't seem to have a coherent agenda or anything like that. And and then uh, finally, there's like the liberals that, uh, you know, that their, their whole goal is to portray Russia as a fascist country that's even worse than Ukraine. And the reason, and they use the term fascist to mean patriotic or like uh anti-democratic or the fact that they, they 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 have a military at all you know stuff like that i mean the goal is just to, to undermine russia but i hope that's like a would you guys agree with that overview of the situation i mean riley you probably would i think we've talked about this before do you have anything to add to that i mean is that it i think people don't understand that they think that they get confused if someone's criticizing the kremlin or whatever you got to understand from what perspective they're criticizing it. If it's the liberal opposition, it's going to sound different and, and the criticism is going to be different. You might be able to pick up some inf interesting information in that criticism, but the goal is different. The narrative, the, the spin, the twist will be uh, completely different from if, it, if it's coming from like the right or the populist patriot bloc, right? Is that, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, I don't really have that much to add, but I would, what I would say is that it's ironic that I think a lot of disaffected Westerners turn to, let's say, RT to get their, like, based Russian news, when RT would undoubtedly be among the more, like, liberal, you know, uh, institutions, like, within sort of this power, you know, dynamic that is attached to the Kremlin. So it's funny how, you know, it's this, you have this, narrative like oh if it's not if it's not an rt it must be a lie it's some sort of liberal lies about russia well an rt is one of the you know this pro-vax pretty liberal in general sort of organization and this is supposed to be the these are the gatekeepers to russia you know for for so many westerners which i always find interesting yeah and who and who they rank who, who they're uh manned by you know the rank and file the rank and yep. file is mostly women and, and Armenians, 
Right. And well, and then Simonyan is like really truly uh, disgusting specimen um, among the well, worst well, she, in she, Russia. She, I would she's say. just like she's just she's just a mercenary. But, but like people under her, you know, they're like they're like female graduate students of journalism, and that's actually a liberal segment in Russia, you know, like socially. Yeah, where isn't it a liberal segment? Uh, but what you were saying before, Rolo, like you painted the picture of like, oh, you know, the patriots, you know, they have zero power, but they have all the support. You know, I might qualify that. I might say, you know, like maybe not them personally have a lot of, you know, have like a bunch of support, like their positions do. But you know, at the same time, you know, uh, you know, if like if you're like a normal person, right? You know, like you can agree with, with with you know with the patriots, you know, like on a lot of stuff, you can say, yeah, a lot of the stuff that these guys say, you know, sound really good to me. I want that. But maybe at the same time, you know, you also want some of the some of the stuff that the, that the other people are talking about. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, like it, it's not like everybody is ready, you know, to to go back to being like a military sparta and just like. We're not gonna have vacations anymore in Turkey, and we're not gonna have, you know, like German cars. We're all just gonna be, like, uh, when you hit 18, you go to the military for five years, and you know, that's what we're gonna be proud of, and that's what our lives are gonna revolve around. Yeah, but you I mean like you can give people other stuff if we're like, you know, you can give them a state-sponsored wife, a state-subsidized wife. I think a lot of people would sign up for that if that was in the cards. Uh, if if, yeah, if like the wife that you order from a government catalog or something, yeah, like or, you know, or you can pick the wife, the model that you want, but you know, you get a subsidy from the state for the you know for the feed department and like you know to keep uh, her. Right, right. I'm just saying, or or like you know, you, you if if you're being asked to like serve in a militarized well, well, state, well, well, maybe, well, you, maybe we could get rid of you, divorce you, laws. You know, you could get uh, a bribe, you know, for having one. You know that. That, that's something they can do. I, I'm not sure how would they control the supply of of, of women. women. Well, we need to seize uh, the means of reproduction. That's like my position uh, on that. I, I think too many. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think you want to wish for this because uh, uh, you know maybe the time is coming when 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 the government, when the state, you know, uh, when the technology is around, you know, for them to just print people in their bathtub at home, you know, and they don't even need us anymore, you know, so uh, what happens then, you know? Well, actually, I wrote an essay about how, like, literally the only industry in the in the grim, dark future uh, of the next coming century would, would literally only be the military that would need us uh, in, in, like, you know, with, with industry automizing so quickly, you're not going to be able to build a society. That's actually a great topic for, like, a more in-depth conversation. In general, you need people to like do stuff. That's why you keep them around. I mean, if you're just like a, a Machiavellian, callous sort of, you know, state planner or whatever, you have to say like, well, this is the purpose of the state. This is our goals, and this is what we're going to use people for. So, in the Soviet Union, they were trying to create this like industrial, whatever, and so they were like, well, we need the people to be workers, and we're going to make them into workers, and we're going to design our whole system around this goal in mind. A worker society and for that reason you, you could at least know that you could be a worker like you know my grandpa was just a uh on my mother's side was just like a like a like a foreman uh and you know he got this amazing three-bedroom place in the center of town and never had to ever worry about money he was treated better than uh people in other industries who were probably doing much more important higher more difficult work but you know the ideology of the state was that the worker comes first and so there you had it he was like a part of almost like a privileged strata just by being a foreman uh and, and treated accordingly so you have to think what is like the society what what do we, what are the people there organized around the government and the state and a society what are they like what have they gathered together to do what is the point of this all and the only thing that like might actually still need healthy uh sort of normal people uh to stick around for a bit as like a not as a, you know you know to, to keep people alive in general and not just locked up in pods eating bugs and and watching i don't know in virtual reality might be the military you know uh, everybody else uh, only gains from the from the the current trend of of you know locking people up in pods it, if you if you allow the merchants or like the business people to 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 run things the both from the supply and the demand side of things they have an incentive to 
basically make things worse for everybody. And uh, you just have to ask yourself, like, who, who would actually, if they were in charge, might like under whose guide, you know, watchful, tyrannical guidance, do I have a, a better shot of like living a somewhat normal life comparable to what generations before me enjoyed? Uh, I have to say the answer to that is uh, the military because they at least need cannon fodder. So whereas you're not even, you know, whereas the other people might just say, well, you're better as recycled biomaterial for the other pod dwellers. Like that, that, that's the level, that's like the choices that we have right now. So, you know, this militarized Sparta thing, I'm saying, man, it can't be worse than, than what we're, than where we're headed for right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of out of our hands. So it's, it's all just speculation at this point, but I did want to say like, if we, since we complain a lot about it, uh, this sort of thing, uh, we should probably have a coherent, uh, alternative that we offer people or, or just we say like well wouldn't it be nice if they did this instead of this so when it comes to, when since we talk a lot about the media obviously i think we've said this before if the if the russian government just leveled with the russian people and was like look here's the situation here's what we're going to have to do on the economic front uh, i think there's some very common sense things that could be done as well to ameliorate the situation but that would run contrary to the interests of the clique of oligarchs around putin uh, right, the, these people still want their ammonia monopolies and their steel monopolies and the ex and to, to sell it on the London Stock Exchange or whatever. And Gazprom still wants its profits. And well, thank God that the 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 the, the snow crab tycoons have finally been taken down, and the Russian peasant can now enjoy delicious crab legs from Kamchatka. Uh, that is a great victory uh, for the people. We need more of that, is what I'm saying. Uh, but you know, maybe we should try and focus on that going forward like what, what would you like to see happen you don't want you don't agree with my state subsidized girlfriend idea okay well what would you like to see you know marco probably want to see st state subsidized jack daniels right like just every month <laughs> thank you for paying your taxes thank you for voting thank you for your military service here is your complimentary bottle of jack daniels like could we like Tell me what you guys want to see here. Like, let, let's <laughs> let's have the conversation at least. I think you know, Riley. I know what Riley wants. Riley probably just wants to like to have like a, a hello, sir. Like, we're just gonna. You want to build stuff, right, Riley? You want to like be allowed to to. We need some like builder kings. You know, you know yeah. how you hear like he was a great builder. Talking about some pharaoh or ancient yeah. king they're building stuff but cool stuff you know yeah, yeah. we need a lot more uh castles i think yeah riley just wants to like build cool looking castles all over russia like perhaps we need more of that like what <laughs> you know like, like <laughs> look hold on here we have castles castles and crabs who can who can say no to that platform you know well let's add another k to it castles crabs and uh I don't know concessions. The and we could call it the KKK program. Uh, <laughs> Rollo Castle with the C, buddy. <laughs> well, I think Crab is with a C too, but that's. But, but that, I was thinking of SpongeBob SquarePants. That uh, shows my age, right? Like <laughs> the crusty. Oh crab. my gosh. <laughs> uh okay fine yeah, whatever just just a fun idea but no I, I would like to see Russia go in the militarized Sparta direction. I don't see what the problem is. I mean, I'm never going to be able to afford a German car anyway, so why should anyone else? Look, I have my suggestions, but, you know, it, the thing is it depends what direction you want to go, you know, and I have my direction, you know, but I know that nobody's going to be for that direction, you know, so... Well, tell us your direction. Like, so, like, my only suggestion is, like, uh, just at least be good at what you're trying to do, you know, like, and just be... Co and, and that starts with, like, being coherent, you know, like, and and knowing what what you actually want and you know what until this war it was in russia that the military was like the most respected institution you know like people had trust in it and they, they had this idea that yes that, number one uh, yeah it's like competently run and all that stuff and uh uh you know like th this is a minus you know for like the for like uh, the Patriot blog that you were talking about, you know, or or move in that direction is that uh, I, I I think that is like I think that is going away, you know, <laughs> I think that is going away now, right? 
you know, like they support the military, but but they don't think that military is is like uh, head and shoulders about other institutions. They actually, you know, I, I think that people might actually starting to to have to get the impression that the, the military is actually like one of the one of the worst ones, you know, in in terms of competence and so on. And and that might actually be a little bit of a unfair because, uh, yeah, I mean, this war, you know, like in the outcome, in what is it has been accomplished, has been a disaster. But uh, it was not entirely the military's fault. I agree, but it totally depends on the spin and the narrative that people. You know, you have facts, but then you have a narrative around the facts. And that's how we get into all this 5D problems. But at the same time, it, will people uh, chalk up the, the poor results on the battlefield to uh, the military as an institution? Or will they say the politicians tied the hands of the military? Or it was political appointees in the military? Or the military was fed bad intelligence? You know, yeah, or... but 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 look, even the even this, you know, the 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 patriot bloggers, you know, they're writing about you know like uh, this uh, uh, culture of lying, you know, in the Russian military, you know, like how a lot of the reporting is, is falsified and how like n n nobody gives a crap, you know, it, it's like uh, and that you know it's a military that that lies to 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 itself, you know, about about all kinds of stuff, you know, like I don't know how many of the tanks are in working order and stuff like that. Gentlemen, I might have to uh, I might have to excuse myself soon, but maybe there's a final topic or if you yeah, let's, keep going by all means. Yeah, we, we can tie it all together, I suppose, and, and, and leave it on a final note. Um, in general, there everyone's talking about Father Winter or General Winter uh, destroying and devastating Ukraine, and that's mostly because of the energy strikes and the fact that uh, it seems that there's going to be a new wave of evacuees and refugees from all over Ukraine because of this, the hits on the energy infrastructure. I didn't think that it would be this extensive. I don't, I'm not sure how extensive it is. I know it's bad in Kiev, for example. So uh, what do you guys think uh, in general about that? It, it Does it make sense to depopulate Ukraine by forcing people like to flee west because they just cannot get constant electricity? Will that undermine the war effort? Uh, it's the only other thing happening, so it's worth bringing up. It's sort of, in Russia, it's also kind of promoted or pushed by the, the standard Kremlinite -like line that basically, look, we're, we're hitting them where it hurts. This is a victory. We're going to bring them to the negotiating table. How long can they stand in the cold? Uh, is this true? Uh, if it's true, is it a good idea? So two-part question. Uh, I think I'll give my opinion first. Uh, I, I think it's a stupid idea. Uh, that means that they've totally given up on like taking the country intact and uh, reintegrating large swaths of it. And now it's just like, and, and I think it's stupid on the idea that it'll bring Ukraine to the negotiating table because Ukraine is not a separate entity that can be brought to the negotiating table. It, it has to be understood as, you know, Washington and, and Britain and, uh, and uh, the EU. And, uh, but, and as for the effectiveness, I just, I'm not sure if this translates into you know, battlefield victories or anything like that. And if anything, will it just lead to more recruits because you got no money, you got no electricity, you may as well go to the military where they'll keep you fed and warm for a little bit, right? What are your thoughts? You can, Riley, if you want, you can go first and you can sign off. Uh, are you following any of this? What's your What's your take? Yeah, I don't I, I guess I would probably agree with you, Rolo. Um, I mean, if, let's go back to February. What were we talking about? We were talking about the reunification of the Slavic lands, you know, a, a brotherly, ensuring the brotherly relations between, you know, Russia and its historic lands, et cetera, et cetera. And so if your strategy is to like freeze out or push out large parts of the civilian population in order for you to achieve i don't know exactly what do they think they're going to take kiev this way i doubt it i think the best they can hope for is some sort of negotiation but what do you negotiate for and how likely is that even to be i mean as far as i can tell it doesn't seem like ukraine is overly eager to negotiate about anything and by of course of ukraine i really mean its sponsors like washington etc i don't know uh marco i'll i'll let you give us the Give us the re what's going on here. 
uh, yeah, I, I, I'm afraid that, that we all have very similar views uh, on this question. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was pretty bad, the bombing. Like, uh, w when they did, you know, the big salvo, it was like electricity out, was out in most of the country. But, you know, they, 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 they got most of it back now, you know, for, for residential areas and so on. Uh, and, and that's the thing, you know, like I, I read stuff about World War II, you know, where, where like people under bombing, you know, what was their reaction? And, and actually, you know, it turns out that, uh, you know, where bombing was very heavy, you know, people were just, you know, thrown into this, you know, just struggle, you know, just to survive. They didn't have time for politics or for anything like that or for patriotism even. But, but, where, but where the bombing w w was lighter, uh, it, there was actually a, a patriotic reaction to that, you know. So, and, you know, w w what's happening now in Ukraine, you know, class, you know by World War II standards classifies at, uh, as, as, as light, you know. So everybody's just getting this experience, uh, private experience, and also like a shared experience of what, you know, that time, you know, we didn't have electricity for five days. And, you know, like, it's like... Uh, Everybody has this, you know, massive shared, you know, patriotic uh, experience, and I, 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 you know, it, like for the for the long term, I, I'm not sure how's that how that is good for Russia. Like, I mean, in, in Serbia, yeah, they have like a like a de facto pro NATO government, but you know how the people feel even to this day. You know, like it's like Serbia actually used to be like like a very pro French country historically, you know, and and that's all gone. And, and yeah, the same thing. If you are uh, an all-Russian nationalist, which Putin revealed himself to be, uh, particularly in his essay last summer, is I, I, I thought that the objective is, is, is to capture these former Russians, right, and reprogram them in, in, into being Russians again. You know, it was the objective was to capture these people. You know, not to drive them away. You know, to to resettle in Germany. Yeah, well, yeah. Guys, this is just killer. I, I, I can only feel bad for our audience as, as they just get hit by this wave of negativity. Surely. You, you know, for next time, uh, if you want good news, I mean, uh, we can examine it and we're going to see if it's really good news. But this might be... A lot of people, when they, when they think good news, they're more focused on, on Europe rather than on Russia. They're like, oh, it's going to be like right. terrible season for for europe and they're still forced into importing russian gas and stuff like that so so maybe that's something we can do next time yes <laughs> I, I, in fact good news. in fact uh, i remember riley and i were watching um, like i think it was donbass cowboy which i'm not saying that i watch him for like his his insights or whatever i just you know i just watch him because i want to get the the opinion of someone like him uh his perspective yeah, yeah, so it's a thermometer yeah yeah, and so he was saying that was basically his last cope as well. From what I understand, he's he's totally taken the black pill. But before that, his his main thing was that you know yeah we're doing badly on the war front, but you know economic like the the geo geo strategic situation is being masterfully handled. Like we're beating them on like a strategic level, even if we're losing tactically. And I don't know if that's true either. Uh, yes, I think. I, you know, I, I think uh, some people in Europe are going to get cold and a lot of old people are going to die if they haven't died of the, of the vax shot as well uh, already. Uh, so, but um, that is definitely worth like uh, thinking about. I, it's, it's definitely what I've been planning about writing. I, I was thinking this would be like a positive thing. I would just like the crab article I'm preparing. But the more I think about it, uh, the more I'm like, nah, the crab article is more positive because I, I'm not, I'm not I wanna, sure. I want to read this. I want to read this this hot crab take. I'm excited. You got me all crabbed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for this too. I, 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 I need to write something. I, I hope that the... I, I hope that I can like get this article up on some other sites yeah. and like people will be like, yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know. the hype though, the hype. You really, you're gonna have to really deliver. I hope that you have a good. I hope you have a good lead image. Checkmate, too. globalists. Like I now mean, they're now they're getting you know now they're getting the sea bugs. So what are you gonna do now? Like you know, Russia has uh, cornered the crab market. That's like that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, you know, this gives me an idea. We should give ourselves a quota, you know, like of, of good news articles. It's That's like, what I'm trying to say, Marco. I keep trying to tell you guys, give me one good news article. Give me one good yeah, thing yeah, per yeah. per post. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, for two weeks, you have to have a positive headline and uh, no matter how insignificant, but, but something. Yeah. 
No, and you should have one good thing to say when you when you come on the show. You guys fight me though. You you're you're kicking and screaming. You know, it's 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 horrible. You have to think about the audience. You have to think about these poor people who like coming in every day and you know every week oh, and you're just oh, 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 oh so you're telling me we have to be group therapists now well <laughs> you gotta look i think that it's not one or the other like if the other guys are like a hundred percent like only good stuff and we're a hundred percent only bad stuff perhaps the winning model is like two good thing two bad things one good thing you know or or, or one one that's what i'm saying i'm saying Nobody can handle this level of black feeling yeah. for long. Well, if, yeah, the, if, yeah, the uh, threshold, if the threshold is crabs, I think I can. I think I can do this. I'm sure I can find something. Well, yes, yeah, I, I set the bar pretty high here. Yeah. You set, you set the, yeah, exactly. There's a lot to live up to, but I think I can do it. Okay, I'm I'm holding you guys to this. Like, if you within, if by the next time Yo, we get together, you haven't I'm, written some something positive, I'm gonna call you out on it. All right, fair, fair. Fair. All right, all right, gents. I, I gotta run, but it's been a pleasure as usual. And all right uh, then, let's uh, so let's call it uh, quits for today. We're back. We're gonna be broadcasting more. Thank you for listening. Thank you for enduring. Uh, I'm gonna hold my co-host to this new standard. Uh, you're gonna hear a lot more about crabs. You're gonna hear a lot more about other positive things. So please stay tuned. You're gonna love it. Until next time, see ya.